afternoon and welcome to the Roar podcast sponsored by Veeam Software. Roar is the brainchild of Source to Create or S2C, a media and marketing firm. I'm Jennifer O'Brien, the host of Roar and co-founder of S2C. I'm thrilled to be welcoming Anthony Spatiri, Veeam Software's senior global technologist, product strategy to the podcast, which is titled Working From Home in the Age of COVID-19, Tips from the Trenches and How Intelligent Software Can Help. Anthony is a cloud and service provider technologist with strong system engineering and architectural background. He's previously held architectural lead roles at some of Australia's leading cloud providers. Indeed, he's performed many roles, including network and systems engineer, manager, hosting and cloud, and lead architect. In this episode, we'll be discussing the tips and tricks to a successful work-from-home strategy, as well as how intelligent software, particularly Veeam, can help the working-from-home experience in the areas of data protection and business continuity. Certainly, this is a very important topic at the best of times, and now with remote working and the ongoing corona COVID-19 pandemic, it's even more important and something that can't be ignored. Essentially, Anthony and I will be discussing working from home in the age of COVID-19, tips from the trenches, and how intelligent software can help. And indeed, we want workers to know there's options and success stories out there. So let's jump in and hear some interesting sound advice. Welcome to the show, Anthony. Anthony, I know you are very experienced in this area. You've been working from home for over four years now or more. So given your experience, what are some of the main challenges of remote workers? Yeah, so obviously, you know, this this sort of time with COVID and the fact that people have been forced to work from home, um, it's probably fundamentally different to someone who, like me, has to work from home because that's what we did. Um, you know, but I think the lessons can be learned the same way nonetheless, right? Um, the biggest thing that I've learned from working from home over the last four years and a little bit before that was that discipline is so important. Um, discipline from when you actually, you know, wake up in the morning to look what you want to do during the day, um, you know, to flowing into the evening. So if you're not disciplined within yourself, then you're obviously going to sit down and maybe, um, you know, go from point A to point Z instead of, instead of flowing through the day, right? Um, but it's also disciplined to actually do more than just work. I think a lot of us um, are so pre-programmed to working from nine to five. Um, even when we're at school, right, that's what we're, it's ingrained into us to basically do a nine to five day. Um, we did it at school, high school, even at university to a certain extent. Now we enter the workforce. Um, and most of us would have started in an office location. It's very rare that people have started working from home to start with. So when you're thrust into that sort of environment, um, all of a sudden, you just want to do that normal nine to five. But the normal nine to five doesn't really work when you're working from home because there are multiple distractions. Um, it's not that working environment. But also, you know, it works in the other way where at work we want to be social and that's part of our ingrained, um, you know, human nature is to be sociable at work. So we lose a lot by working from home, but there's also lots that you can gain. Um, so certainly discipline, um, routine is very important. So from the point of view of you know, understanding that you do need to structure your day, um, and that doesn't mean structure it in a nine to five situation. Um, it just means to understand that you need to know that when you get up, you've got to do this, um, at lunch, maybe take a break, um, and then kind of do the rest of the day and then sort of stop when you, when you really want to stop. Um, and then that flows into the last point, which I, which I think is almost a more important point, uh, is it's, it's not feel guilty. 
about maybe taking a break. We I've found, and even in my first year of working from home, that if I wasn't in front of my computer um, in a disciplined way, I was feeling guilty. Like if I was going and playing a bit of sport during the day, um, I hope my boss isn't listening, but he knows I do my job anyway. Um, <laughs> but effectively, it was all about just making sure that you did the work without going crazy. And, you know, not feeling guilty about going for that walk, going to a cafe. I mean, obviously, in this day, we can't do that. But we can certainly, you know, adapt to different conditions to make sure that we're not going crazy by sitting at home all the time. And the last point, sorry, was human touch. Um, This is the most hardest thing today because obviously we're being forced to work from home. I, I heard a stat this week that effectively half of the world's population are literally in some sort of lockdown at the moment um, and social distancing. And we're, again, creatures who crave that human touch. So being able to do what we're doing now, we're doing a podcast, yes, we're doing it over over the airways, but we're also seeing face-to-face. So being able to leverage technologies that do that and be able to see people is so critical as well. Yeah, and it's interesting what you said about the the feeling guilty. That's so ingrained in all of our brains. Um, so that's a hard one to, to overcome. And how can you avoid burnout and deal with, I guess, some of the ongoing craziness? Yeah, burnout is a hard one, especially in IT. Um, I was having this conversation earlier in the week because, you know, in IT, the majority of us in IT are in it because it's our hobby. We love it. We, we tinker. We, we love doing computers before we got these jobs. And what that means is that we're more likely to spend more time in front of a computer than anyone else um, almost in the workforce because that's our hobby. Where else certain other professions will, you know, do their job in front of a computer then switch off. And that's 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 real for a normal circumstance, right, where people are going to, into an office, coming back and then doing nothing. But what I've found is that for people in IT, we can burn out quicker because we don't give ourselves the break that we need, the mental break. Um and that's not to say that we shouldn't tinker. That's not to say that we shouldn't do what we love because, you know, we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't love it. But it's just to feel that you can step away. And I think it comes back to that guilt thing as well, um, not feeling guilty about stepping away and taking time for you um, because burnout is real. Um, you know, while it, happened, it hasn't happened to me in a significant way, I had a situation where I knew that maybe if I didn't stop change the way that I was thinking about work and whatnot, that it would have been a lot worse. Okay. And are you finding that people are skilled up in the area of data protection and business continuity? I mean, we always talk about it as if it's something that's far away or a distant worry. We don't need to think about it. What, what do you feel about this? Um, yeah, I think what, what this has done, this situation and whatnot, it's made people think differently about DR. DR was thought about quite quite significantly before this. But what was, wasn't thought about was business continuity. And business continuity is sort of wrapped up in DR usually, but not thought about. So the fact that you've got business continuity um, situations happening where people are working from remote offices, they're working on maybe laptops that shouldn't, uh, that weren't on corporate networks, they're creating data on that. How do you then protect that data? How do you ensure the data that they're creating and the systems that they're interacting with are going to be available at home? So there's a lot to consider with business continuity, which I don't think has had the front of mind um, for a lot of businesses until this particular crisis. Yeah, so that's a that's a ben- one benefit of it. How can Veeam help in terms of the free tools and other products? Can you bring shed some light on that for us? Yeah, so obviously, you know, Veeam has Veeam's founded on on free tools, right? Our our company actually started with a free tool called Veeam 
uh, fast SCP, which, you know, was a tool for VMware and admins. Um, and throughout our history, we've been really good at, all, at having a freemium model um, for a lot of our products and, and services. So, you know, at the moment, we've got um, Veeam Backup and Replication, which is our core, um, the core of our platform. We have a community edition for that, which is free. Um, and you can install that and have it fully functioning up to 10 what we call instances or workloads um, to protect your data. Um, in addition to that, we have Veeam agents, and I think this is more pertinent today, our agents for Windows, for Linux, for physical devices. Um, a lot of people are using their laptops and not really having a data protection strategy on there that's easy. Um, with Veeam, we've got this free agent that can be deployed um, by anyone and also be controlled by IT departments and then effectively be able to protect workloads. Um, so I think that's pretty important there. Um, but yeah, the community edition is free. That can be leveraged, um, especially people with home labs and whatnot. But also, more importantly, that... Um, agents for endpoints, I think that's where we can really help as well. Okay. And I guess what scares you about the current situation and the work from home scenario? <laughs> scares me. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, scares an interesting word. Look, I think what scares me mostly is that people are not going to do what I talked about earlier in, in the podcast, which was, you know, not feel guilty, not take time for themselves and actually burn out quicker. Um, than they would have if they were working in a normal office environment. Um, so, yeah, people have to adapt really quickly. But we're, we're creatures of adaptation. There was a, there's a quote by Charles Darwin which goes somewhere along the lines of, you know, it's not the strongest of species or the most intelligent. It's the, that survival thrive. It's one that adapts quicker. Um, and, you know, that is taken a little bit out of context with today's situation. But I think it really is pertinent because we should be able to adapt pretty quickly. And a lot of people are adapting quickly. But, again, if you just tend to sort of have the same mentality working from home as what you would have in the office, then you are going to fail pretty quickly. So the, the end word is just to adapt. Okay. And I guess in terms of what are you most excited about in terms of the latest tech advancements in the intelligence software space? Yeah. Look, what's really exciting about this, and I think one of the great things to come out of this, you asked me what scares me. Um, now, this is a question for what excites me. Um, <laughs> I think we're being thrust and pushed forward into this more advanced technological space where people are leveraging the internet for what it was built for initially and what we've kind of lost sight of the internet um, in the last few years. Um, it was built to communicate, it was built for people to connect. Um, and so what we're doing is we're leveraging the technology, the comms that are sitting underneath, which have become so much better and quicker and faster over the last 10 to 20 years. And then the technology. I mean, we're using Skype today, but we look at Zoom as a company. Zoom has done great things and been able to connect people around the world quickly and efficiently, and not only over voice, but also, also video, which is obviously important for that um, strategy. But then when you look beyond that, you look at um, digital currencies, contactless payments. That's obviously something that I think will thrive out of this. Um, just the way that businesses have been able to pivot and adapt, um, you know, the cafes and, and restaurants that haven't, been able, that haven't been able to open are now pivoting to more online delivery. They're leveraging web, web technologies, um, iPhone applications, web applications to basically make sure they thrive and survive. So, you know, we haven't, we haven't got um, hovering cars and, and that sort of thing just yet, um, even though they're, they're closer. But I think one thing that we will have is this promise of future tech come to us a lot quicker after this. Yeah. And what's next on the horizon for the data protection and I guess the business continuity arena, which you mentioned earlier that, you know, companies aren't necessarily putting that high on their agenda. Yeah. So when you're thinking about data being created in different places, um, 
you know, this is this is where data is being created in a disproportionate state. It's being created and displaced as a sense. So it's not centrally stored anymore because if people are working from home, they're creating data sporadically in different systems. So I think what the, the what this will lead to is our industry understanding that data sprawl is more real than ever. And then we need to offer solutions to be able to protect data no matter what it is. And certainly Veeam is already working towards that. Our data protection platform is built on mobility and portability um, and ease of use. So that's kind of where I see it going. It's just using the data, understanding where it is, being able to back it up and then being able to apply restoration um, capabilities to it as well. All right. And then just in terms of we all have to adapt to this new normal, can you just give me some few quick top tips on um, on what people should do at this difficult time? Yeah, I guess it just kind of comes back to the, the first question that I talked about, whereas, you know, just take your time to understand how the day flows. Um, don't You don't need to do nine to five. Um, split the day up. Don't feel guilty about taking breaks. Um, I think as well, set up a decent working environment at home. And I know it's difficult for some people, um, depending on what situation they're in. But if you can set up your own space that's separate from the main living area, that's more professional than, than a kitchen bench or whatever it might be, um, that's important at the same time. But yeah, it's, it's about routine, um, discipline, environment, and not feeling guilty. Okay, fantastic. Thank you, Anthony, for your thoughts. Well, that's the end of our show today. Thank you again, Anthony, for your in-depth insights and practical tips about working from home in the age of COVID-19, tips from the trenches and how intelligent software can help. To recap a little bit, Anthony has advised businesses and remote workers, we all need to adapt to the new normal, try not to feel guilty, and discipline is so important. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Goodbye, and have a great day.